Mercy and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One year ago, I stood in this sanctuary almost alone, preaching to a camera on the wall back there. <laughs> As we had just a handful of people here last Easter in this room, a couple of musicians, a little bit of a tech team, it was a weird Easter. (laughs) Definitely not something that we were expecting. We didn't have the normal flowers adorning the chancel besides a few strategically placed bouquets of flowers in our preset camera angles so that you at home felt like it was Easter at church. There was no Easter breakfast or smell of sausage wafting through the air as I'm preaching, making my stomach rumble, and unfortunately there's still no sausage smell (laughs) floating through the air this year either. No No children in their new Easter clothes trying to show me their new sparkles and pink and blue. It was a bit lonely. I'm sure you felt it. You felt it as well. And things are obviously still a bit different this Easter. Maybe not as we would hope. But from my perspective, let me just tell you, it feels a lot better to not be alone in the sanctuary on this Easter. So thanks for showing up to church. And those of you at home, we're so glad that you are also with us today. Alone. Alone. Loneliness. It's one of the things that a lot of people are feeling these days. And if you joined us for worship over the last couple of days during Holy Week for Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, Pastor Kevin and I shared a message on repeat. I bring it to you again today, a message that tells us that Jesus walked the lonely road so that you and I would never be alone. Jesus walked the lonely road so that you and I would never be alone. Each day of Jesus' life, Each step he took in particular in the last week of his life, each step he took as he neared closer and closer to the cross, each step was a step in the direction of loneliness and isolation for Jesus the Christ. Betrayed by his friends, forsaken by the Father, finally on that Friday afternoon, Jesus gave up his spirit and he died alone. They took his body off the cross and carried it to a new tomb where they laid his body dead in a tomb alone. But then on the third day, count them, Friday one, Saturday two, Sunday three, On the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, just as he said, alive, alone, the only one who is capable of accomplishing such a feat, death and resurrection. Everyone dies, Christ alone rises. Jesus rises. He did it alone because he's the only one 
who can, the one and only. Today, we turn our attention to the book of the Bible called 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15 in particular, and we're beginning a new sermon series today called One for All for One. All for One and One for All. One for All and All for One. And this will be a study on the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is essentially the end of the book. And then next week, we'll go back to the beginning and then we'll work our way back through it over the next few weeks. Just for you guys in the media booth controlling our live stream, if you can take down that slide so that they can also see me. There's a thing so you can put both on the screen. We're here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians, this was a letter that was written by the apostle Paul, a guy named Paul, and he was writing to Christian people living in the city of Corinth. Corinth was a city in ancient Greece, and and in ancient Greece, uh, Greece had a worldview that was not all that different from the worldview of 21st century America, believe it or not. Corinth was a city with a worldview not much different than our worldview as it is in, in, in popular culture. It was a city of cultural diversity, a hub of paganism. And it was a hotbed for sexual immorality. That's probably why the Apostle Paul, being the missionary that he was, traveled to this city, bringing the good news of salvation, because Corinth was a wealthy city with vast influence over the Mediterranean world. And and Paul figured if he could reach the masses in Corinth, that he could reach the world with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. But I ask you, if you were appointed to go to a city with this kind of worldview, a city that did not know Jesus at all, and you were appointed to be the one to bring the message of Jesus to that city, How would you do it? What would you emphasize? Some of you are saying, please, Lord, don't send me. I don't know what to say. What would you say? There were no Christians in Corinth before Paul got there. He brought the message to them. And you know what he brought? He brought the basic message of Christianity. The basic message, these basic words of the confession of faith that the early Christian church had. It was, it was these words, verses 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He was buried and He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. This was the basic message of Christianity from the very beginning. And guess what? Nothing has changed. These are the words that you and I, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, you must know and believe all of this to claim to be a Christian. You need to know this with your mind, believe it with your heart, and even speak it with your lips. Jesus died 
just as the Bible prophesied that he would. He was buried and he rose from the dead on the third day just as he said he would. You know what? I believe and I want you to have these words so much in your head, heart, and lips that I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. All right? Repeat this after me. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose from the dead. All right, now I'm going to do like I do when I'm teaching little kids to make it a little palpable, give you something to look at. Put up your thumb. Repeat after me. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose from the dead. This is the essence of our Christian faith. Take a piece out of it and you don't have Christianity, but with this you have the Christian message. This is what Paul said I brought to you, the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth. We need to believe and understand and speak these words that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. His death has been proven. He was buried in a tomb sealed with a stone placed under Roman guard. His death is attested to. But the resurrection of Jesus has also been proven. It's been proven through the people that he appeared to and showed his resurrection to. A lot of people get this wrong, and perhaps some of you even in this room. When you think of the resurrection of Jesus, we're here on Easter, Jesus rose from the dead. Unfortunately, a lot of people, and perhaps you even, think that that means that Jesus died and then like, somehow just he went to heaven and like, in, a, in a spirit or evaporated or disappeared or something. Like He just he got there. That's not right. Jesus came out of the grave in his body. We believe in a bodily resurrection. He walked out of the tomb in his body, perfect and glorified, whatever that means, but he ate fish, he walked, he preached, he taught for 40 days on the earth. Do you know this? He was on the earth for 40 days appearing to people. Jesus' burial proved his death, but his appearance to many proved his resurrection. We read it in the Gospel of Mark, in the other Gospels. Jesus appeared to the women at the tomb. He appeared to the apostles. The Apostle Paul, here in 1 Corinthians 15, if you've got your Bible, you can open it up and read it. It says he appeared to Cephas. Cephas, that's another name for Peter. So he appeared to Peter. And then Paul says he appeared to over 500 people in those 40 days. And Paul says, Paul wrote these words about 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus, 20 to 30 years. So he says, when I'm writing to you right now, a lot of those people that Jesus appeared to are still alive. You want to challenge me? Go talk to them. Imagine that. But the resurrection of Jesus and his appearance to people was not simply for his faithful followers to make them feel good. Jesus' resurrection is for all people. And Paul attests to this because after saying Jesus appeared to Peter and he appeared to 500, Paul mentions some people who were not faithful followers of Jesus that Jesus appeared to. 
Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians that Jesus appeared to a guy named James. You know who James is? The brother of Jesus, son of Mary and Joseph. Uh, During the life of Jesus and his ministry, James did not believe that his brother was who he said he was. Not till after the resurrection did James become a follower of Jesus. And then Paul mentions this other guy that Jesus appeared to, one untimely born, one who definitely was not a faithful believer, not even close. Jesus appeared to a guy who was a persecutor of the followers of Jesus. And who is he talking about? Himself. Himself. The guy who wrote these words, we call him Paul, but for a lot of his life, he went by the name that his mom and dad gave him, which was Saul. And when he was Saul, he was a zealous Pharisee, which meant that after the resurrection of Jesus, as Peter and the other apostles were proclaiming the death and resurrection of Jesus and thousands were coming to believe in this name of Jesus, Saul was doing everything in his power to squash them and silence them. He was the one who was on his way to arrest Christian people. He saw to the execution of Christians as is recorded in Acts chapter 7 when he gave the approval to Stephen's stoning. Saul. But Jesus appeared to this man, Saul. He appeared to this man, Saul, a man who was so far away from believing in Jesus, yet Jesus appeared to him. Why? To change his life. To change his life. This is exactly the point. If you only hear me say one thing today, hear me say this. The resurrection of Jesus changes lives. The resurrection of Jesus changes lives because the resurrection of Jesus changes your whole reality. Changes your whole reality. The resurrection of Jesus, again, was not just for the faithful followers of of Jesus already to make them feel good, but the resurrection of Jesus is for all for all. That means Jesus rose to change the lives of people who are far from him right now. And not just people who haven't had the chance to hear, but Jesus rose from the dead even for his opponents, for his enemies, for those who want to silence the message of Christianity. Jesus rose for all, and I believe that when people truly experience the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, in his fullness, that you cannot help but be changed because the resurrection changes your reality. It's simply what it does, and the resurrection of Jesus is for all, for all. Perhaps you're in the place where you are feeling alone or far from God. Maybe you're struggling to forgive yourself, forgive others, or simply find your purpose in this mixed up and chaotic world. Hear me tell you again that the resurrection of Jesus can change your reality now and forever. See, 
if you're struggling in that way, I just encourage you to take a look at the life of this man named Paul who we're reading about. Why did Jesus come to Saul and change him to be Paul? Because he wanted to prove that the resurrection changes lives. If the resurrection is for Paul, you better believe it's for all. For people like you and people like me. Jesus is the one. He's the one for all. He's the one for all, and also he's the one who has one for all. He's the one who died and rose yet, but he is the one who won for all, the one who won for all. And what did he win? You. You are Jesus' prize. You are his prize. You are his precious treasure. Loved, cherished, forgiven forever and ever. You are the reason that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And Jesus says, you are worth it. You're worth it. All of you, all people, even those who are currently far away, even those in opposition. See, Jesus wants to change lives by the power of his resurrection. And he starts with you. He starts with you, changing your life. See, this is why Paul risked his life, put his life on the line multiple times, For this simple message, Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the dead. He put his life on the line. Why? Because the resurrection changes reality. Why else would someone do that? It changes reality. Paul brought the good news of the gospel to the world. I ask you, will you? Will you live in this resurrection reality? Because here's what it will look like if you do. Your resurrection reality will mean that you will live life in this world with grace. Not holding the sins of people against them. Not lording it over them. But instead forgiving as you have been forgiven. Your resurrection reality will mean that you will love with an unstoppable love because that's how you have been loved your resurrection reality will mean that you will live life in this chaotic and confused world not being swallowed up by its storms but standing firm in the faith and in the hope of everlasting life because jesus is alive your resurrection reality will mean that you will notice the dark places in this world And you will not fear them, you will not shy away from them, but you will step into them in order to expose the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ to show the world that there is a better reality now and forever in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you will do all of this, not trying to merit anything for yourself, not trying to earn favor with God, you will do all of this, serving 
loving sacrificially because this is how Jesus loves you. Because the resurrection is real. And because the resurrection is real, life is real. And life is really, really important. So you will fight for life. You will do everything you can to sustain life. And you will care for this world in which God has placed you. And you will do it all in the name of Jesus until the day he comes back in glory to raise the dead and restore all things and make them new. This is your resurrection reality. It changes lives. It changed the life of Paul. And if it can change the life of Paul, you better believe it can change the life of all. So live it and proclaim it. Repeat after me one more time. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose from the dead. He is the one, and he is the one who has won it all for you. You are his prize. You are his precious treasure now and forever. Live in his resurrection reality.